Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And you can also find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. There, the reason I give it is DM us if you want to be on the show. DM us to communicate with us. There's also a phone number on there. You can text it if you want to be on the show. So thank you, everyone, for listening in, number one. Thank you for sharing the shows with your friends. Thank you for liking them, giving them high comments, uh, especially the New York City episodes tend to get a lot of comments and positive feedback for their following up there just because of the concentration. So that's really cool to see when the episodes actually get followed and shared and get positive comments actually written on them, uh, what happens and how much uh, the algorithm actually takes over and they start sort of rapidly uh, being downloaded and listened to. So that's a cool thing that I've never seen uh, quite go into effect as long as I've been doing the podcast. So I'm glad to see that that's happening. With that being said, I have our guest today, Jan DeLore of Meal Prep Made out of Franklinton, North Carolina. How are you doing today, Jan? I'm doing wonderful, Justin. And I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me to be here and share my story with all your amazing viewers. You're very, very welcome. That's awesome. I'm glad we ran into each other in a random networking event in Raleigh, North Carolina, actually. And so, so random, honestly. So true. (laughs) And, um, And so, Jen, tell me your story. Like, how did you become an entrepreneur? Like, all the way back, would you study in school? Like, what has your life journey been to get you to this point where you formed Meal Prep Made? So what's interesting is I came to food from a very different way that most people do. Most people start out, they worked in a restaurant, they kind of worked their way up, maybe from busing tables or waiting tables all the way through. And I came to it a little bit differently. So I started in um, an entrepreneurial way. I had a sales career and my sales career really prepared me for being an entrepreneur. And the reason for that is, is salespeople derive most of their income from commissions very much the way that a bartender or a waitress would develop the main source of their income from tips. And so I had always learned to be on my own and to be able to derive my income from commissions. Now, where did food come into that? So my daughter is culinary trained. She went to Johnson and Wales University. All her life, we knew she wanted to be in food. And she developed that love and that passion from food because we cooked together all the time. So I supported her throughout her culinary career, never understanding that it would someday converge with what my passion really truly was, which was food. Now, have you always cooked, I mean, for your family, like as a kid, was it something that ever was just sort of a seed that was there that was sort of like for me being an entrepreneur, I knew it from when I was born, like there was a seed there that I had to cultivate and I had to align my will with God's will in order to to make that seed grow, for lack of a better term. And that's just the way it makes sense to me. Uh, For you, was the food always there? The food was always there. So as a very young child, my family had a farm. So we had fresh vegetables and we raised animals. And so food was always woven in there as a part of sustaining our family. Um, Unfortunately, we had a family crisis 
And, um, you know, I won't go into all of that, but we lost a parent and, and things became very difficult. And so in my early years as a teen and, you know, that, that age group, food became very sparse and very different, the complete opposite of what I had in the earlier years. So now we're eating boxed food. Food is sparse. Um, you know, we're eating what we can get at the sub shops and and that kind of thing. And, you know, it just became a, a very unhealthy relationship with food. And so it was always there. But what it was was a dichotomy, really, if you think about it, from having both of sides of the, you know, the equation, the best and the, the healthiest way of eating to the very worst parts of it. And I think that that's part of what motivated me for Meal Prep Made and for coming in and thinking about how can we educate people, um, help people eat healthier and, you know, utilize fresh vegetables and things of that nature and do it in a way that is sustainable so that it's affordable. And so let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about where the idea of meal prep made came from. Let's talk about how, why you're providing this solution to the market, to to your customers out there. But yeah, let's start there. So why okay. did why this and what what how did you get there? Because obviously the farm thing ties back to meal prep made. I feel like in the way you built the system, and I like the way you build in the financial factor as well. So can we sort of layer all that in? I know that's a lot. I just asked there, Jen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have, my brain is like full of information today for some reason. <laughs> that's absolutely fine, Justin. Um, so one of the things that one of the reasons why we really felt strong about starting Meal Prep Made is that we have always done it. We've always cooked at home. And it was interesting when I started talking to other people and finding out that really what was happening is they were grabbing and going. They were, you know, getting takeout. They were doing all these other things. And you and I both know that, you know, while restaurant food is fantastic and, you know, it can be the, you know, the most amazing tasteful food, the way that you get the flavor into that food a lot of time is by using a lot of fats and a lot of things and, you know, deep frying and doing all those all those unhealthy uh, ways of eating. And while it's good for some times, it just is not sustainable for every single day. If you were to eat fried chicken every single day of the week, you it, it just couldn't work for your body. So one of the things that... Uh, It'd be we, awesome, but it definitely, <laughs> it would, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it would, it would be great. We'd all be happy for the a small amount of time that we may live. But um, so there was that part of it for me that said... You know, how do we think about eating the foods that we cook at home? And, you know, we're not ultra strict, but we do have some guidelines. We try to keep the meal under 500 calories. We try to keep the meals at $2.50 or thereabouts for servings. And, you know, that way the family is getting what they need um, in the terms of nutrition. And then they're also not necessarily blowing their budget. So going back to how did we come up with this as how, you know, why is this important? We, um, I did a short stint for one of the major um, supermarket chains, very successful supermarket chain, and I was their catering director. And as their catering director, I also ran their um, meals to go area. And I started to notice how many families were seeking out 
food that was healthier and that was prepared that they could then take home and feed their families. It obviously was a problem. People were stressing about what's for dinner every single night. It was so popular that the um, the market that I worked for had not anticipated the amount of revenue that this department would create. And so I, it was right after um, or during COVID, and it was as people were starting to go back to work and, and trying to figure out things that I said, this is the time. This is when people are the most stressed. They are now trying to figure out how are we going to start um, transporting children back and forth to sporting events and schools and, you know, having to go back into the office. And I think the stress level was at the ultimate high for families. And we decided if we brought in a concept that allowed families to see that they can create meals, healthy meals, have them available for their families, do it with a sense of food safety, because while I was at the market, I became food safety certified. So I bring that aspect to it. So, you know, creating meals that are healthy and good for the family and having them available. So when you got home at night, you had a choice. You could either pull something out from the freezer or the fridge that you've already prepared. Everybody could sit down together. Everyone could eat together. You didn't break the bank. And then I taught people, I teach people how to make the meal prep process a routine. And what we do is we have everybody come together for five weeks every Sunday. And for two hours, we cook live together and we add the meals. We start out with food safety. That's a whole day, you know, whole class. Then we move into the next class, which are two hours long. So I said the whole day, but I mean the whole class. So we move into the next one and we cook two meals together. Then we cook three meals together and so forth, so on, until we get to the fifth week where we're now creating five meals together for their families. Okay, I like this. So let's go to the the how you do what kind of meals do you choose? Like so let's go through like how do you choose what recipes you you follow? How do you um how do you get the items to fall into that two dollar and fifty cent basically per portion, I think you said it was somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Correct. And like how do you go about this? Because it's like a very most people won't can't even do this on their own, so I think it's important that you're providing it for them. And I want to make sure that I'm I'm highlighting the service that you're providing and all the work that goes into this that actually saves them the work, which is the solution that you're providing. Absolutely. Um, so we spent a year um, cultivating uh, recipes, developing recipes. And we put some criteria around it. Obviously, my daughter being culinary trained, she was a huge help in this. So what we did was we put together using our backgrounds. We like to eat ethnic food. We don't like to eat the same thing, which is what you often find in meal prep is the same meal, you know, times, you know, so many days per week. We yeah, didn't or only comfort that. foods. Yes. <laughs> so we took um, a little bit of our backgrounds in what we knew and, and being exposed to different different types of diverse foods. So, you know, Asian food, Indian food, um, Italian food, Mexican food. And we started to say if we could take these ingredients and then use them across the three-day meal, right, the three-day meal plan, now we've come up with not only healthy ingredients – 
that are diverse in taste, but they also now allow you to utilize the items that you've sourced. And that's how we keep food prep low. So we did this, we developed menus. We have about seven menu plans right now. Um, and we're adding them always constantly and testing new recipes constantly. And then what we do is we allow the um, members of Meal Prep Made to access these tools and these meal plans and they're able to customize them. So it's almost like they have their private little intranet sitting in the back of our website where they have their own meal plans they can utilize and mix and match the recipes around. They can take ingredients in or out. They can do anything they need to do to make the uh, recipe customized for them. So it took us about a year to do it. And then we costed out everything that we did, just like you would in a commercial kitchen. I love this because I had to do this in the commercial kitchen. It actually was my first job ever, like trying to figure out when we did the Kaiser contract in 1998. It was like, okay, we got this thing now. What do we do? Oh, we need to actually price out the food and figure out where the, the pennies go yes. and uh, the service and the labor uh, and my and the commercial side. But this is important because it, it gives people perspective of their food. It allows them to get their food fresh. Um now, do you provide like a shopping list and everything and it gives the weights and it's scalable based on the number of people in their family? Like, how does all of that work? 100%. So the tool that we have built into our site for our members, um, it does allow them to scale up or down based on the size of their families. It was kind of funny. I had a member come in who was um, a single person and um, not usually our target market, but certainly, you know, anybody can use this program. And she was funny because when she did her shopping list, it said she needed to buy like a half a pepper. <laughs> And we kind of laughed about that. She was like, I don't know why, but I only was supposed to buy a half a pepper. Uh, that's <laughs> I know. But so, yes, they can scale up or down um, as, as wide, uh, you know, as high or as low as you need. Um, and also um, the important part is, is that it calculates um, the nutritional information for you as you go. Now, we don't claim to be nutritionists, but however, it does do um, a calorie count for you. So we kind of, this, this system will calculate kind of where you're at so that you know um, as you're going. And if you're trying to do something like lose weight or maybe gain weight, you can then scale up or down with the different recipes and get exactly what you need. It's very cool. So now I'm going to tie back because I kind of cliffhangered us before. I want to tie back your family history, like sort of, sure. and, and growing up and what this does because like the the scarcity of food probably then with scarcity of food there's often lack of diversity in food even though there could be more diversity in food by shopping more locally but that's harder for sure and it's time is a thing when you don't have money for sure because right. um, you're always trying to get more money and it always takes all of your time so I just want to talk about how this sort of provides a solution for the situation you were in as a child or in as a family growing up also and how that ties back and there's a link there almost, in my opinion, anyway. Like, if anyone had to go through your situation, there's now you have a solution. Can we Correct. just talk about that? Did, did that occur to you while you were doing this? 
So it did. And I actually had a nice conversation the day that I went down to file my business license. I had a conversation with a young lady and she was very frank with me and told me what her situation was and that she was going through a um, very difficult time and that um, she actually had found a resource in the town that was providing her some classes on meal prepping. Um, and we had this conversation and I let her know about coming in. I actually offered her a, a huge discount just to be able to come in and access everything that she could use because meal prepping is not necessarily just for people who are going to shop at the high-end supermarkets without naming names. We know where, which ones they are. It doesn't mean that you have to source food there. You can source food from any local food pantry. You could source food from, um, you know, any grocery store, corner store, and you could still get ingredients that can be made to be healthy. And I think it's the education and awareness that is the big problem that we have out there. And because we do offer that kind of support and we, our members become part of a community, we have a private community, um, social community, where people can log on and ask questions and share in a very um, secure and safe area. I think those things are helpful. Lack of... Um, I guess access to me isn't as big as lack of education in those situations. Well, and explain that. So how, so, I mean, that's part of what you're doing though, right? You're, you're educating with the food safety and, and things like that. So yeah. let's talk about the education piece and, and what you're providing and how you sort of layer these things in to your, to your program. Absolutely. So um, for me, you know, going back to in, when I was in that situation with, you know, lack of la lack of when food was scarce, let's just say, um, it, I do believe that it was, oh, we cooked whatever, you know, you saw somebody else do. You opened up a box of macaroni and cheese. You, you, you know, you ate shake and bake pork chops. You ate, you know, like whatever you could get your hands on. That's what you cooked. Um, but because we didn't have the role model or somebody coming in and teaching us how to make something simple and good and healthy, therefore we ate stuff that was just easy and available. Now, with the education piece, what we're able to do is we're able to show people the not just the variety of what they can do, but how to do it and how to shop and do it in a way to stay under a budget. So, for example, we don't just do the live classes on our membership site. We also have access to self-driven classes or, or you know, self-learning. Um, we do a whole budgeting course where they come in and they look at their food budget. They're able to think about when they're shopping, how they should keep their, you know, their food budget intact, how um, being able to utilize sales and what those sales actually mean. So are you getting the best deal when you're getting, you know, buy two, get three free and that type of thing. So we take people through that type of education in a self-learning environment so that they can access that in a way that's private to them. And and they're going to the grocery store then and, and shopping. So they're like, they're actually having a physical exposure and experience to this education. It's not like it's just in a book or it's in a video on YouTube. You're walking them through it every week and they're buying it and they're, everyone's cooking together. Um, Correct. And that's very cool. So 
talk to me about how I mean, is it all done over video or Zoom or I don't I don't know what all the technology is now, but it's um is that how you do it and then you sort of do it from your kitchen? I mean, how do you handle yeah. the kitchen cooking piece? So we do every Sunday my kitchen transforms into a studio. So we've got lights and cameras. I've got three different cameras, one that's focusing down on what we're cutting and chopping, one that's leaning over my stove, and then one that that zooms in on me. So when I'm talking and addressing the group, you know, it's personal, it feels more personal. And everybody logs on via Zoom. Um, so everybody has to be a member to come into the classes. Um, so therefore we know who's in there. We don't have any surprises on the zoom calls. Um, everybody, um, is able to show their kitchen or not. Um, of course we teach that food safety piece in the beginning. So everybody knows that their kitchens are supposed to be clean. Just like when you work in a commercial kitchen, you don't start cooking until, you know, everything is spotless. And, um, so they have the options of showing that off, like, you know, look at, you know, how clean my kitchen is, or look at my refrigerator. I organized things and, you know, we take people through how to even start, um, meal prepping, you know, people like to show off their, you know, their containers or different things that they're using. And of course, we encourage all of that. And we encourage, we encourage that through our social media group as well, so that other members coming in who might not feel as comfortable can see kind of it's setting a tone. It is setting kind of the culture of what we do. And it almost creates a family around it. And you have a group of people that are in the same situation, a group of humans that are going through the same thing you're going through. So there's like a camaraderie there, which helps you stick to your goals. I feel like that's important. The network effect, for lack of a better term. It really is. And that was by design. We were like, if you don't have the community, you don't have the accountability. And so we wanted accountability to be there and motivation. So let's talk about... um, like what in your life prepared you to be an entrepreneur in this way? Because what you're doing to me is just such entrepreneurial ingenuity. It's like leaps and bounds ahead of, of where the rest of the world is thinking. And in, in my opinion, and you know, you're ahead of the curve and I think your business is going to do very well because this is the type of solutions we need, especially with food costs getting higher, especially with the weird things that are happening with things like eggs and pork Um, and the international struggle there, which causes us um, in our kitchens dollars and cents. And I like this because I'm going to just, I'm going to go off on a commentary for a second and then go back to my question. But one of the things I like about the dollar thing again is we start to see what our food, what's happening in our food. And if eggs all of a sudden go up, we're going to notice it now that we're more aware and we're shopping against these $2.50. When we set budgets, we notice what's happening in our world. And food, guys, the amount of items that we eat and diversity in our food, number one, it's important for our diet and our nutrition and the minerals that we get and our function as humans and living up to our potential, hopefully past it. And it's important that we do this. But in that process, we have to see what's happening in the world. And a lot of what happens in food costs is better than watching your news to determine what's actually going on in the world and what's the impact. And as humans, in my opinion, we should always be more aware of what's going on in food first and foremost over anything else 
beyond our legacies because that's what we need to feed populations for lifetimes like and provide nutrition and make sure we're we're still evolving as humans and getting more intelligent and providing ourselves with better and better things because of the science there our bodies should follow along with it but it's also the financial piece which is how do we understand what's going on in the world why are eggs going up is it just avian flu well what else is going on in the world so these are things that i like and and it's just that's the more complicated side i think on the more basic side if i'm a person i'm doing my nine to five job this is an easy way to prep your meals number one for every night and and hit that budget it's also in my my opinion you can prep lunches and breakfasts and all that stuff and in ways that i do it now and it just makes things a lot easier for you in terms of being efficient and being effective with your personal goals and your personal tasks and accomplishing them. And even with a family, it tends to be a little easier when everything's planned out and you have structure. So I like that this provides structure too and is a foundation of structure probably that could eventually multiply uh, from this habit across a family. So I think that that's important as well. Yeah, and you bring up a great point um, right there at the very end, because think about it. What is our go-to when we go to cook something? We probably cook something that's easy that we, we had in our family meals growing up. So I cook what my mother or father prepared, you know, so forth, so on. And that gets passed through to generations. So when we're teaching children to eat healthier, we're preparing and giving them that structure around mealtime. We're creating a lasting impression on that next generation and therefore changing the way that people eat going forward. I agree 100%. So tell me about your past, sort of what led, like what are the things from your past, the sales, the um, maybe you had role models or entrepreneurs that have, you know, you've watched or been mentored by, but what led you, because you came into this space very well-rounded and, and with your head on straight. And so tell me about what led up to it, because it obviously wasn't easy, but there's obviously experience there and exposure Thank you. So um, I did start working when I was 13 years old. Um, and that was out of necessity because I needed to eat, right? So we talked about that. So I went to work and I had the um, really the honor of being able to work for some amazing small business entrepreneurs from an early age. So I learned a lot. I learned of things that you should do and maybe some things you shouldn't do, uh, which was great lessons. And so that business side of it was just something that I took to and loved. And these were all entrepreneurs. So they were really my, um, the people that I looked up to. They were my role models. And the, they were in varied industries. So it wasn't just a food industry. You know, it was construction. It was all kinds of different um, industries. And so it was a fun way to really become well-rounded. And because I'm a kind of a take charge kind of person, um, you know, they gave me lots of leeway in giving me creative ideas and letting me help them grow their business. And then, of course, and it led into, as what we talked about, the sales career. And at the end of my sales career, what I found out that I really loved was um, being um, an adult educator. So I started doing software training 
And I started learning how to work with an audience and, you know, how to bring everybody in and have everybody, you know, feel part of, um, you know, training and learning how to use software. And so I brought all these pieces and parts together um, along with my love for food and my daughter's love for food. And that is kind of, you know, the direction in which we grew. I love it. It's just so awesome. It's really. I took all the 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 pieces and parts that I loved the most out of my career. Let's put it that way to yeah. sum it. <laughs> so, where are you hoping this goes? I mean, what is the future? I mean, how are you building? Like, how do you actually? Let me rewind. How how do you go out and and build further audiences? I mean, how? I mean, that's number one. Number two is like, what do you want for the future of this business and, and how far do you want it to go and and how do you plan on getting there, I guess, are some of my questions. <laughs> yes, okay, so um, let me just start with um, how do you build it? So, you know, one of the things I thought of is something that we should have been doing earlier and, um, you know, one of the things is I wish I went to market a year ago before I had my plans built out because it's going to take a tremendous amount of education to be able to um, have people understand that this isn't a meal kit that gets delivered to your door, right? This is education. This is something that you're going to gain a, a very different skill set from. And um, so I wish that I had gone to market before my, my product was 100%. And a lot of entrepreneurs will tell you that. But that was my number one lesson looking back, because what we're doing now is we're spending a lot of time in educating. Um, we're doing a tremendous amount of social media. We're opening up and sharing what the behind the scenes looks like when we're preparing for a class. We're showing people the look and feel of what you get in a class. We're talking to different groups. We're getting out. We're networking. We're very we're very grassroots. Uh, we're not spending um, a ton of money on, you know, advertising. However, we are doing some sponsored ads through, you know, Facebook because we can get very targeted with our age group and Instagram. Um, and so that is kind of where we are, we're at at this point in time because, again, we only launched in January. So we have paying members. We have people going through the class. But where we'd really like to see this go is I would like to look out three years from now and see um, about 10,000 or so more members actively, you know, involved in the meal planning and moving around in the recipes and going through the classes and learning food safety. Because what that really does is that means that we have made a huge impact and changed the way that families are eating they're eating healthier maybe they're eating more together and really to me that's the the ultimate goal that's really cool i love this i i you know every day i get up you know i'm so motivated every day because it's a big goal and i think that that's the exciting part of it and then also i think that you know, every day, if you think about it, I'm doing this, I'm living it, right? I mean, I'm walking my walk, right? And because I'm walking my walk, that's how I'm able to develop the content for what we're doing. So every day I get up and I'm meal prepping. 
I'm going through my refrigerator. I'm labeling things. I'm using the apps that I'm telling my people to use to date things and to know when something's going to expire in your refrigerator. I'm doing this every day. So I'm able to create that content for social media. I, th I think it's so cool. And so tell me about that. Is social media something that is new to you? Or is it something you've always used? Something that I've pretty much always used. I was an early adopter. Um, part of when I was in sales, I was in tech. And so I was one of those early adopter people. I was like, oh, there's a new gadget. I need to have that. Oh, there's new software. I need to use that. Um, so I was probably, I, I don't want to say like in the first thousand people, but I was in the first few thousand people that ever logged on to LinkedIn and I can remember um, going um, into uh, starting uh, with Twitter. And um, one day I had logged on because one of my role models is Meryl Streep. I love Meryl Streep. I think she's just so, you know, talented. And one day I was on Twitter and I, I'm, I see Meryl Streep. So I'm like, I'm going to follow her. And she comes in on the tweet and she says, what is this and how do I use it? <laughs> I thought it was so cool. I was like, Meryl Streep just tweeted this. <laughs> and here I am. I'm like one of the first people to see it. That's so cool. <laughs> yes. So while social media is not new for me, um, this whole experience of educating people and saying I really need to do a whole campaign and keep the campaigns going is um, something that, you know, I'm doing by myself with a little bit of help from my husband. So, you know, we're a small family, you know, grassroots bootstrap business right now. And I think it's so important, especially that you guys build it and it is being built this way, but there's so much experience behind it. It's it's almost like you're building it with the proper bricks. You have a, most of the bricks are probably not even figure out which bricks to build with, um, I think, from that standpoint. So what is how much have you grown from this experience? Tell me about the effects on you. Tell me about the relationship with your husband. Like, How has all of that changed as a result of this business you guys grow or has it changed or have have you just maybe turned up the volume on things? I don't know. So I think it's really turning up the volume on things. Um, I love to entertain and cooking and entertaining is part of um, the life my husband and I have. As a matter of fact, today we have nine people coming over. We're cooking venison on the smoker. We have grilled pineapple going. We have all of this happening at my house this morning before we even did this podcast. So we neighbors have been over. You know what I mean? We're you know, we're just, we're soaking meat. We're doing all kinds of fun stuff here. So it's always part of our lives. We food is fun for us. Um, and so um, my husband is he, he's he works for a marketing company, a digital marketing company. Um, so um, he's like kind of my go to guy, you know. So when I'm talking about, you know, going to do this, he, he will give me the, you know, the flip side. What about thinking about just turning that just a little bit this way or, you know, come, coming at it from a different angle. And, and so that is so super helpful. And it, and it is, it's just turning up the volume on things that we already do. Um, and food, let's face it, it surrounds my life, right? So, you know, in the fun way, in the entertainment way, with my daughter's background, you know, and then my husband with his marketing background, and now he he's gotten so much into this barbecue thing that he runs a barbecue blog. So you know, <laughs> it's just everywhere. That's a big thing now. 
and they turn them into barbecue contests and competition teams. And we've done a podcast <laughs> about it. It's crazy. And yeah. I have friends that turn their whole garages into like 17 barbecues. And I'm like, what? I didn't even like one was enough for me to freaking figure out and clean all the time and handle. Why do you guys have 17 of those things in there? <laughs> yes, we have built an outdoor kitchen now. And yeah. this summer I'm going to be doing meal prepping outdoors. And so that's going to be a class for some of my summer um, uh, folks going through the program, how not to waste your time being indoors on a beautiful spring afternoon. If you can be outside, you don't have to have an outdoor kitchen. If you can be outside with a table and a grill, you can meal prep outside. I like that a lot and enjoy the the world around you and not be so Mm -hmm. confined because kitchens at times can be confining. If you spend a lot of time in there, I feel like in almost like prisons, uh, even though you're trying to spread love and happiness through food. I just yes. want to anchor that to everyone. Think about the attitude you have in your kitchen because it, it definitely spills through your family, um, yeah. unfortunately. and um, Or fortunately, depending on how mindful and intent you are with the way you handle your kitchen. But That's right. And uh, people can taste when there's love in your food and then when there's not. Absolutely. Okay, so what's your favorite things about this? If you could name the favorite things about being an entrepreneur and what you are doing, what are the the main things that you enjoy the most? So I really love um, the freedom of being able to be creative. I really love the camaraderie that we are building. And that part of it is important to me as an entrepreneur because and I think others that are listening that are entrepreneurs will, will agree with this. In the early days, especially, it can be very lonely because here you are, you know, you're trying to roll this, you know, 50,000 pound, you know, uh, boulder up a hill and you're doing it by yourself, you know. Um, and I think having that camaraderie and people coming in and cooking with me every week keeps me motivated. And so that's a big part of it for me. It's kind of like I'm not alone on that island. Um, I've had other ventures before that I've attempted as an entrepreneur. And, you know, that was the feeling I got. And even in a sales role, sometimes I felt that way, you know, and I'll be out in the road all day long in my car and, you know, you visit a client, then you leave and you visit a client and leave, you visit a client and leave. It's still not that camaraderie of having you know, that a group of people all working towards a common goal. And that's what we have. Love it. Yeah. All right. I don't even know that you've crushed this podcast. I'm like, I don't even know where to go from here. (laughs) So like, it's like, okay, that was crushed. Like when Justin has no more comments, you might be, which is unusual when I have no word, no more words. Um, You've been so complimentary, and I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, Wow. I just think that what you're doing is so important, especially in food, especially since delivery. Everyone's doing a lot of delivery drivers now, which basically doubles your food cost, which is insanity. And it's all the more making unhealthy decisions, mostly. Correct. So I think in that regards, like what everyone's used to, this is just a way where you don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat tonight because it's already been prepared. Like there's just a lot of that stuff, like just being prepared um, for life, for opportunity. But it's also being prepared helps you pivot. Oh, no, like I don't have time. We better just order pizza. And then the, the family health 
thing or, or staying on uh, uh, healthy nutrition and well-balanced meal goes out the window where if you right. do this, the shocks in life become less compounding because for me as an entrepreneur and, and in leadership space and in the mentor space or coaching space, however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. it's important that the human becomes well-rounded and in a well-rounded human, you can't have these domino effects because what happens in life in families often and why a family, you look at the family when the children are five and then the children are 17 and you're like, why didn't that family grow? Why is there not economic growth? What is going on here? And a lot of it has to do with this domino effect that happens daily. Well, there's one thing is the food is one of the last dominoes to fall in an unstructured home. Just saying, Mm -hmm. because it's at the end, okay, we're going to McDonald's. But in a structured home, the food becomes the thing and the foundation and the mealtime that leads to the economic growth of a family. And I've never talked about this before in a podcast. I might have in the, not in Justin the Food Entrepreneurs, but maybe in the Centurion Leadership Italian podcast with Justin Bizarro, I might have talked about this. But this is a very true thing. It's food all humans have to eat. We don't want to hack food. We don't want to suddenly just make it appear into our body. But we do want to go through a process where we are eating together, where it becomes the foundation of who we are. And for me, my exercise, my reading every day, the 75 hard, it all starts with the diet part of my 75 hard. For anyone out there who does it, like once my food is dialed in and I am on a routine of my food, everything else just follows because I have to do it multiple times a day. And it's just one of those habits. And I know it's hard for everyone, but eventually if you do what we're we're talking about here, and you get used to this prepping and you get used to this idea that I have to cook for myself and I can do it quickly if I prep and I can use similar items across like peppers, across fajitas, across Thai food, uh, green curry, cross whatever, which I want to talk about with you also real quick, um, is I'm putting a foundation in my life that's pretty strong because I do it multiple times a day. And my family does it hopefully maybe once a day, if not twice a day, if there's breakfast together. So like that's an important thing. So um, I just want to anchor that for everyone in the audience uh, in their mind. Use that as an anchor to you want to change your life. Simply just don't even change the food you're eating right now. Maybe just change that it's structured at a time every day and structure it and then start to structure cooking for yourself and using programs like this or or online things because that's the biggest way to build habits and success in families and legacy honestly compounding legacy because you're building habits and discipline and consistency that is absolutely needed for human success um even as an entrepreneur i understand that I am actually an anomaly that I have such consistency and discipline. It's what makes me successful, even though my entrepreneurial creativity and ingenuity flows freely, if that makes sense to everyone. So, great points. Let's, great points. Let's go back to the, the peppers across items, like <laughs> how you utilize your refrigerator. Like you obviously think about that, correct? When you're, when you're picking out the weekly meals and stuff like that, I would assume. Absolutely. First, I'd like to state, I just like to kind of compound something that and jump on the bandwagon you just said that you just said. Um, the first week when people come into our classes, we do assign them homework. And their homework isn't to go and, you know, seek out, you know, you know, 16 meals that you are going to meal prep. 
we say take one meal that you already know as a family that you do. Take your favorite meal and meal prep it ahead of time just to see how easy it is. And so that's their first assignment. We don't even make them jump into a strict program because you have to start somewhere. And let's start somewhere where it's very familiar. That's That being said, let's talk about the peppers and the onions, because I like to use that because they're versatile, right? Peppers and onions are something that, you know, everybody can buy. They're very inexpensive. You can get green peppers, you can get onions, you can grow green peppers very easily. So the idea here is, is that think about you, that can be a meal that we would have in our meal planning program that you might make taco salads, right? Chicken taco salad. It's peppers, it's onions, it's chicken, it's salsa, black beans, all healthy food. Those same peppers and onions could now go into something as simple as um, maybe, uh, let's say, turkey sausage um, um, pasta dish, right? Where you could have a little bit of bow ties, you could have some turkey sausage, you then could have some white cannellini beans and add in some garlic and some spinach and some asparagus and a little bit of chicken broth. And now you have an entirely different meal from the chicken taco salad. Then you could take that even a step further, take the peppers and onions and make a breakfast mini quiche. So where we will chop up the same peppers and onions and put them in with eggs and into some prepared um, dough and then just put them in little cupcake tins. Now you've got three meals basically using the same vegetables. Sure, you had to buy some chicken and you had to put in a little bit of um, turkey sausage, but the reality is all very healthy, all very filling, and would appeal to a wide variety of people. As a matter of fact, I eat the breakfast quiche. That's one of my go-tos. I get one little mini breakfast quiche and it's enough for me. And the fact of the matter is, is it's about 130 calories. So I'm getting nutrients early in the day, something that fills my belly. It's 130 calories. Even if later on in the day I want a smoothie, I can still afford to do that calorie-wise. Very, very cool. So where can they find you online and on uh, social media? So on social media, Instagram and Facebook, our handle is Meal Prep Made. That's M-A-D-E. So very simple, Meal Prep Made. And we're mealprepmade.com for our website. And one of the things that I would like to say, if anybody is interested in coming in and checking out the program right now, because we have just recently launched, we have an extremely um, aggressive introductory offer that with a discount code, you can come in for only $39 for the year and you get the five classes, you get access to all the tools, you're getting a full experience um, and you get access to that community of people. So um, we're offering that with a discount code and the discount code is meal prep in all capital letters. This will be going away sometime in the, I would assume April 1st timeframe. So um, if you're thinking about it, jump on it, come on in, join us, we'd love to have you. It's awesome. And my last question for you, Jan, as we sure. start to wrap this up, if you could tell anyone in the audience, any entrepreneurs out there um, that are struggling or give anyone any piece of information or multiple piece of information uh, or inspire anyone, what would it be if I just gave you the mic right now and said you, it's yours? Okay. Impact. So <laughs> keep going. 
Um, you know, remember that old poem that we all learned like back in grade school, you know, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill and just keep going, just just don't stop. Um, you know, believe in yourself and put yourself out there, but also understand that you may have to pivot. You don't have it 100% yet. I don't have it 100% yet. The market will determine what that 100% is. And so be open and be able to pivot, but keep going. Don't stop. And don't try to do it all yourself. Reach out, get help, understand that you're not alone, that there are others out there just like you. That's how I ended up meeting you, Justin. I was out at a networking event. I'm out there to support other entrepreneurs and to be and, and to be supported. And so you've done that. And I wanted to thank you so much. And um, this was just a wonderful experience being here. No, I can't wait to have you guys on for a part two in a, a couple of months to see how your business is growing after the podcast comes out as well. And yes. really let the podcast sink in because I always find after one episode, people are like, oh, I should have talked about this and that. And they're like, let's do a part two also. So I find it goes both ways. Um, I would love that. But that's you have a really cool story. I like that you stacked up skills to be an entrepreneur and build a business. And so thank you, everyone in the audience. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening in. All the entrepreneurs out there that are struggling, like you're not alone. It's hard. It's just a hard life. It's harder, It, but it comes with freedom and it comes with legacies and it comes with the ability to make impact and, and change lives, uh, just like we're talking about right now that Jan's doing as we talk about this episode. So everyone who's out there, please again, share the episode. Uh, the entrepreneurs come on here, they share their story and they volunteer their time and they're trying to have impact, not only spread uh, their brand or whatever, they're actually trying to make influence and impact and help out there. So please spread the love and spread positivity and pollinate the world for a long lasting impact. And we're out. <laughs>